He's James Adams. I am Dan Klasman, and this is the Week 10 Fantastic Fantasy Primer, the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast. And we're back with you here and happy to be here, as always, breaking down the latest in fantasy football. We've got injuries to talk about, some waiver wire targets. We'll look to all these matchups. But, uh, James, Week 10, man, double-digit weeks. Double-digit weeks, another good week all around for our Who Days. How's your fantasy team fare? I was 7-0 and in my $300 leagues, the FPC and KFFSC. One of them is only 200 because it's an ancillary. It's not a main event. But my six main event style leagues, I went 6-0 and this week. The question is, Dan, did it matter? Unfortunately, some of them it didn't. But to go into both of those websites and see all green scores after the week was over was still pretty cool. So I guess I'll take that as a win, even though it probably ends up in very little money. Yeah. But th- thanks mean, for asking since it beats a this is one of those weeks. <laughs> it beats a sharp stick in the eye. It surely does. That's uh, that's easy to say. Uh, yeah, hopefully everybody else's fantasy season's going pretty well. We definitely hope that we uh, can help you down the stretch here. We don't want to go a little too long on the season, but uh, some good things coming there. James, each week we talk good surprises, bad surprises. I do want to get into that, but man, we I got to talk about what's going on here with our Do Good Fantasy. Veterans Day is coming up, and We've got a second half challenge, which, I mean, these prizes, you should see the prizes that I've gathered for this thing. I got to show you the wrestling belt. We actually got a wrestling belt donated from the guys over at Trophy Smack. Okay. You're going to dig it. Uh, you, well, you can believe that, sucker. Yeah. That yeah. was a wrestling reference that I don't think you got. Booker T would say, you can dig it, sucker. Uh, that was a Booker T reference, Dan, that you helped on that you didn't get. Yeah. So, and I uh, apologize here, <laughs> adjusting this volume a little bit. Uh but no, dude, like I'm pumped up. We've got all these great fantasy uh, friends have donated prizes. We're into the thousands of dollars. You know, our Fantastics touchdown package, one of many great things. We got a Scott Fishbowl team, this belt. I mean, check it out. Uh, you can go over to dogoodfantasy.com, make a donation. Look for the link on my uh, social account over there at Dan Claskins on X, and you can obviously get all the details. We've got a lot to come up, but for all of you that have served or are serving, we thank you for your service, and hopefully we can continue to uh, celebrate that. But, James, let's talk about Week 9 before we get into what lies ahead this week and start with some good surprises from your end. Well, I mean, there's no way that we can't start with the quarterback. I mean, Dan, I talk, okay, I just talked about the fact that I did get to go 6-0 and in my main event-style leagues, and one of them I've had a pretty good year, and I had to replay Kirk Cousins, and I didn't do it the way the Minnesota – replaced him although Josh Dobbs is certainly a good this week but CJ Stroud I mean you want to talk about it Dan for a few weeks I've been touting him as a player I'd like to have as my backup quarterback an emergency plan because he really starting to look the part well by god I needed him big time in a one versus two matchup in an FPC uh blockbuster and I won by like two points and CJ Stroud was my starting quarterback the 470 yards five touchdowns my lord he has arrived Yes, and looking pretty good, did he? And <laughs> it was interesting because he went off, Tank Dell went off, Noah Brown went off, Dalton Schultz went off, but the two dudes I had playing from the Texans across my lineup, Nico Collins and Devin Singletary, didn't do too much. But even on the other end of that matchup, I mean, Baker Mayfield, uh, mm-hmm. QB9, I know it didn't end well in real life, but uh, another solid effort by him. And Rashad White, I mean, here's a guy that, I mean, we certainly weren't talking people out of. I mean, talking about where he was being drafted, a guy that we thought made a lot of sense. And, dude, he was RB1. RB1 Lo and behold. Week, week number he's nine. O- yeah, he's only two touchdowns away from hitting that over on his touchdown prop now after the two-touchdown week. 
Yeah, so good things there. I agree, James. I think, uh, you know, as long as we're talking about good things, what about the Raiders, man? I was wondering, like, all these changes, how could they be such a favorite? Then they come out and just smack the crap out of the Giants. Now, Daniel Jones got hurt and all these other things. But, uh, wow, I mean, Josh Jacobs was the only running back that had fewer fantasy points than Rashad White in Week 9. They went back to what the well has been, what has worked, and – Certainly worked here, James. If you drafted Josh Jacobs, I think there's re-energized hope. He goes off for a pair of touchdowns, 98 yards on 26 carries. Not a great overall yardage game there, but didn't see the receivers do as much. Didn't quite work out as well for Devontae's fantasy production. And if Jacoby Myers didn't run for a touchdown, his day would have been a little dim. But you know what, dude? Uh, I'll take what I can get there. And I was certainly happy to get uh, some production out of the Raiders on the fantasy side of things. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, as a guy with Jacobs and my surging do-good team, uh, I was certainly happy to see that as well, Dan. So I, I can I can get on that. I mean, we talked about good. I got to go to the Dobbs situation as well. Uh, how surprisingly good is that? I mean, that, that he got forced into action. I don't know if you caught it uh, before or during the game as it right before he went in. He's literally going over his cadence, the, the way he delivers color number to the offensive line. He hadn't even taken any practice snaps. Not only does he get in there, he delivers. I mean, he delivers. And if you had TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison even, he delivered for you too. So Dobbs was a very good surprise for the Vikings. So, um, I mean, dude, like I know everybody's already said it. How do you not like this guy? How do you not like this guy? How are you not cheering for him right now? Yeah, and guys, that it's hard to cheer for, but you have to give some kudos for Deshaun Watson. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he came back. It wasn't great, James, but he was a QB 10. And what it was really good for was Amari Cooper. Oh, yeah. Because here was a guy that suddenly came back on five for 139, a touchdown. You got the red hot CD Lamb right now, 16 targets, 11 catches, 191 yards. Dude scored 30 PPR points without the benefit of finding the end zone. That's impressive. That's pretty sick. A.J. Brown, he didn't get to 100 yards, but he still had uh, seven for 66 and one. And, mm-hmm. dude, I, I know uh, we were writing him off. Or I should say you were writing him off. But T. Higgins suddenly looked fantasy valuable again. And, dude, uh, with Jamar Chase's back issue, but nonetheless, nine targets, eight catches, 110 yards for T. I did not write him off. I gave him an F for the first half. Those are two oh. different things. Thank okay, you very much. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, somebody who I had almost written off and I also got an F for that gave me a really good surprise was Aaron Jones found the end zone, had some production was really the first, uh, positive week since week one. So Aaron Jones, one of my big, good surprises. Birthday touchdown call came through on Odell Beckham for me. I had to use him in not one, but two leagues, James, and, uh, played him predicting a birthday score. He's only scored the season might be his last one. Well, We'll take it. And uh, uh, finally, a tight end. I mean, yeah, we talked about Dalton Schultz, but, uh, I mean, Cole Komet, this guy, mm-hmm. has really benefited from the backup quarterback. He's the one guy who doesn't want Justin Fields to come back. Another two-touchdown performance for Komet, who over these past few weeks has really been a top-five fantasy tight end, especially in PPR leagues, four, uh, over 41.5 points, uh, PPR points over the last two contests. Yeah, I had a goose egg before that, but it's been very good. I think if you're going to throw that out there, the last one that I have for you on the good side, Jonu Smith, who we talked about who might replace uh, Drake London in the offense, and it might just be more tight end. Well, it wasn't necessarily Pitts, but Jonu Smith, five for 100 a touchdown. What the heck? But mm. but another good surprise. And I turned to him in FPC where it's a one-and-a-half point PPR uh, for the tight end. Right, I turned to him with Drake London gone. So 
I, I can't believe it. It paid dividends for me. Dude, from the bad surprises, how about the Chiefs and Dolphins game just not living up to it from a fantasy perspective? Patrick Mahomes had half of his fantasy points on the first drive of the game. Neither him or Tua Tagovailoa finished inside the top 10 as a fantasy quarterback, and neither of them left the game for any part of time for injuries. So certainly didn't leave up to expectations, and uh, Tua in particular. I mean, he barely cracked the top 20 there. So... And James, the Dolphins, I'm sorry. They're not an AFC Super Bowl team. Can we stop calling them a contender? Who have they no. beaten of relevance? Chargers. I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> they beat the Chargers. I mean, the Chiefs haven't been looking like themselves on offense, but their defense has them in there. The Ravens, they look like the team to beat. Our Bengals, they're red hot. The fact that the Bills and the Dolphins still have odds higher than the Bengals right now in most sports books to win the AFC is laughable to me. Well, you know, I all I can say is keep laying down on the Bengals. Uh, that's that's what I've got. Well, for Well, this you, isn't but. about my Bengal bias. This is about the Dolphins being overrated. Yeah, they have the fastest team in football that on the road can't beat anybody, and against the three best teams they've played, they've come up mostly short. Well, I I can't argue those facts. They've still uh, set a top. They are third the division, best team however. in the AFC least. That is what they are. Well, they currently are. Uh, I can tell you a couple bad surprises I had for me, Dan. It wasn't necessarily that. Clayton Toon or Brett Rippon were players that I was going to play. I actually did play Rippon at a super flex where uh, I had disaster strike and somehow won. So I don't even know what happened there, but it wasn't how bad they were. Cause it's okay. Uh, less than a hundred yards passing for Toon, 130 for Rippon. It's not how bad they were. It's how bad they were for everybody around them. The Trey McBride's hype. You can just step on that now. I mean, I know that we'll see what happens next week. Arizona's quarterback situation could change. Uh, and obviously the Rams going to go on by, but Nakua Cup, I mean, Rippon wasn't helping any of them, nor was the running game any good for either of those teams either. It seemed like those two quarterbacks stepped in and absolutely just stymied anything from either of those offenses. It was awful. Mm, it sure was. It was hard to watch, man. Yeah. It was. Uh, dude, the other thing, uh, we're, I got a couple bad things to add to the list. Uh, let's go and look. Well, first of all, let's talk running backs because as great as CD Lamb has looked, what what's up with Tony Pollard, dude? RB I don't know that answer. This week, RB 27, 12 carries, 51 yards, dude. I mean, this guy was a second, a high second round pick, James. Mm-hmm. And I just don't – I mean, they're playing great. Things are going well. Where is his production? The question, I guess, is is there too much being put on his plate, uh, right? He was kind of the change of pace for Zeke Elliott in the past, and maybe being the lead dog just isn't the role that he needs to be in. But clearly with the trade deadline behind us, not much is changing there now. Yeah. You know the other buzzkill city I've got right now? Bajan Robinson. Even worse than Pollard this week. 11 for 51. Continues to baffle me. RB 32 on the week. I put a poll up on X at Dan Claskins. I asked, of these running backs, which would you rather have on your team? Barkley, Pollard, Robinson, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift. Yeah, it was a clear runaway, as I expected it to be. I threw him in there till we have a clear winner. But James, Pollard, Robinson, and Barkley, who would you have picked next? Pollard. 
But I mean, yeah. that's like, so I'm sitting here. I, I, I didn't go blank on you. I was really thinking about it. Um, because one of the bad things I'm going to get to is the Giants receivers and the Giants offense as a whole. Like Saquon can get you 30 carries, but if he doesn't score, what's going on there? Pollard does play in an offense that has a lot of other electric weapons around him. Bijan, like, dude, I think Arthur Smith must have dug up some old James Adams tapes because he's the he's the only guy in the world that doesn't believe a rookie running back can carry a team anymore. Even I finally got over that hump, but Arthur Smith has not. So I think the answer's Pollard there. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. It's upside. I mean, there's he's the only but the point team is, with upside. Is they've all been disappointing. Absolutely. Yeah. The point is, yeah, it should be an easy answer. It should be I'd take either one of the three, and instead it's, boy, I what don't What else do you I have want. on the bad side, James? Just the wide receiver crew. Okay, the wide receiver crew for two teams now that I just flat out, I'm not using anybody. Uh, Arizona, I'm giving a pass because I'm hoping, you know, we'll, we'll get Murray back and things will change there. But Green Bay, it seems like every week uh, it's just there's not much there with Jordan Love, and when there is, there's too much going around. And the Giants, man, it's just, oh, my goodness, we're going to get to the injury bug there. But those are two receiver cores. At the beginning of every season, I'm always trying to line up like, okay, by the time I get to wide receiver 40, I feel like I should have one receiver from every team. Maybe it's by wide receiver 45 in my ranks that I should have one receiver from every team. And and I think this is the year where I finally have bashed myself in the head enough to go. Not every team has a wide receiver that I have to have on fantasy uh, and it was the Giants who I was kind of searching for throughout the the, the the preseason, and I don't know that one will ever find itself. And right right now with Green Bay, man, boy, I know it was ugly because they had such an easy lead and an easy game, but it, there's not much production from the wide receiver group that we were hoping. You can't trust any of them. Let's get over to those injuries. You mentioned the Giants. We can start there. Daniel Jones, ACL injury, out for the season. This is after they put Tyrod Taylor and Darren Waller on IR leading up to the game, James, your thoughts uh, in general here. I mean, you mentioned Barkley outside of him. There's nothing on the giants. You can even talk about in fantasy, except maybe their defense, but even them are starting to get a little thin and tired with the time of possession woes tired. It's exactly right. Time of possession. It makes them a team that you're just having trouble playing as well. So I can't get with them. And I think, look, uh, DeVito is a player. We'll talk about a couple of these quarterback injuries where you'll go scraping out at super flex, but, I don't know. I mean, like, what is he going to be better for this offense than Daniel Jones? I doubt it. So, boy, Saquon's just got an uphill battle. It stinks if you got him. Sure does. Sure does. And you mentioned quarterbacks, obviously, the Jaron Hall situation with the concussion. We hit on it a little bit with Joshua Dobbs coming in and the remarkable feat he, he pulled off there and keeping the Viking season alive. And now you're looking at him down the stretch and we'll talk about him in the waiver wire, but certainly some upside there, Justin Jefferson. Suddenly there's a path. Maybe he does come back. Cause when, you know, when cousins got hurt, we didn't know what it was going to look like. This mm-hmm. trade to Dobbs is, is giving the Vikings hope and what is a you know crappy NFC playoff hunt. Mm-hmm. But dude, it wasn't all roses for the Vikings because Cam Akers, another Achilles injury here. K.J. Osborne with concussion. He's in protocol. The Vikings still dealing with a lot of bad luck, dude, and uh, some question marks here on offense. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean to diminish K.J. Osborne's role in the offense. I think they can kind of get by with him uh, for a week, right? We're hopeful that it's just a week and he returns. Um, they got a tough matchup coming up with the Saints. But I think you look at the uh, Cam Akers one, a second Achilles, and you just have to go. I know the guy's only 24, 25 years old, but is this it? Is this it? We shall see. 
We've got some receivers to keep our eyes on. You mentioned the Packers. Christian Watson, he dealt with chest and back issues in this, was uh, said to go for concussion perhaps late in the game there, so we want to track his pro- uh, progress. Jamar Chase, James, he came down pretty hard. Uh, that was right in front of me, actually. And I, I said to my friends, like, damn, that was hard. And he was only out mm-hmm. one play, came back in, but the back got worse. This status up in the air, perhaps, is the Bengals ready for their Week 10 matchup with the Texans. We saw the Chargers put Josh Palmer on injured reserve before their Monday night win over the Jets. And let's start with Palmer and the Chargers here, James. I mean, we didn't really see it come to life against a pretty good Jets defense as quick. But, man, with Palmer out, I mean, who's Justin Herbert throwing the ball to? I think you would go to a lot of Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. Uh, you know that I want the answer to be Quentin Johnston. Uh, Parham will get his targets in the end zone. If you're in a touchdown-only league, you can look in that direction. I wouldn't look at him anywhere else. Uh, Darius Davis has gotten enough role in the offense, dude, that uh, even before Palmer was hurt, I was worried about Quentin Johnston. I'm not going to get rid of my Quentin Johnston shares at this point unless you know I absolutely have to, but <laughs> it hasn't happened yet they targeted him in like the first drive on Monday night and they didn't need him because of the way the game went, but he had two for 14. Yeah, I know. I know it is interesting. We'll see how it unfolds. Uh, Dallas Goddard gruesome forearm injury here, James, this is a big blow and Goddard was just starting to heat up a little bit. He was, um, you know, it's a bummer. I don't think, uh, I don't think that at this point you probably gotten to the point where you can go ahead and cut bait from him. Um, maybe not if you're really holding out hope, but you, you, we get to this. This is the kind of time of year where now he's out four to six weeks. Do you trust him when he comes back? Well, then all of a sudden you're in your semifinals or your finals of your fantasy league. So you know it sucks, but it's this might be the point in time where you even say. It's not out for the year for him, but he might be out out for the year for your fantasy team. Let's talk about some players coming back from injury. News on a few things here to talk about. We'll start with the guy we hope to get back on Thursday night, Justin Fields. He's been limited now a couple days in a row. We'll see what it looks like tomorrow. Has a decent shot to play here for Chicago as they play against Carolina. And James, if he comes back, I mean, his upside, that matchup. I mean, at the very least, he's a high-end QB, too. Yeah. Uh, Certainly a guy that could be considered. But really, it's, you know, DJ Moore, some of these other pieces. The Bears also going to get Khalil Herbert back. Maybe. I don't know. His 21-day window was opened up on Monday, a full participant in Tuesday's practice. So, I know it hasn't clicked all the way for Roshan Johnson like we were hoping. Dante Foreman had the one big game. But, man, you get Fields and Herbert back to this mix. The Bears got some weapons. Uh, You know, things could start upticking again for this offense as a whole. <laughs> okay. Um, so tell me this then. Why is Foreman getting so many more touches than Roshan once he finally got cleared when Foreman was the guy who was inactive, when Roshan and Herbert were the guys active to start the year before those injuries piled up? Good luck figuring this one out. Is it Darnell Mooney? Uh, did he become unusable again if Fields comes back? Like, gosh, I don't know. This this Bears team is a mess. So yeah, they could get better, but Bajent would turn the ball over and then kind of be a little Jameis Winston-like and then feed guys uh, after the turnovers and get you some fantasy points elsewhere. I don't know what to make of this, man. For what it's worth, the schedule, uh, Carolina, I think that's pretty favorable matchup. Yeah. Uh, at Detroit, I mean, that's not the best thing, but you'd think they'd be playing for me. And at Minnesota, 
Then they great. get by Detroit. Not really great at Cleveland, but then you get Arizona in week 16, Atlanta. So, I mean, that schedule doesn't suck. Justin Fields does not. Still, Justin Fields could still be a thing is all I'm getting at. And if you are struggling and you need upside, you put them in right away. If you've been getting by without them, you wait and see. Uh, the other news, Kyler Murray coming back. Now, I'm more excited about Fields than Murray. Correct. Uh, What's your thoughts on him, though? Uh, just looking at the schedule, we do have Week 10 here at Atlanta, at Houston, the Rams at Pittsburgh, by in Week 14, then it's the Niners at Bears and at Eagles. Not a great playoff schedule for sure, but I don't know, dude. I just don't believe in the guy. Uh, I mean, in QB in one QB leagues, I mean, he's nothing more than a stash at best. The only thing I think about uh, Kyler Murray coming back is I want to see him back because if I have Hollywood Brown or I have Trey McBride, that's the only way I can put them back in my lineups after what I saw with Clayton Toon. Granted, that wasn't a very hostile environment to Dog Pound. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, brother. Uh, so we shall see on that. But overall, I definitely think it's uh, interesting. And then the other quarterback news, not necessarily injury-related, but Mike Vrabel, he's gone on the record, and Will Levis. Now the quarterback moving forward this season in Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill, even when healthy, will be the backup. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that just makes sense. It's time to move on. Uh, I think they were they would have they would have potentially done this if Malik Willis showed anything when he came in for his two plus game stint a year ago. It's just time to move on. Nothing against Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, it makes sense. It would have been nice if Tannehill could have got dealt somewhere, but he was hurt. So yep. That was just the unfortunate part of the situation for both the Titans and that. And hey, dude, the way the Titans looked here with Levis, I mean, I know they came up short at Pittsburgh, but they were in that game playing in the AFC South. They could get in the mix and still have an outside shot at getting in the playoff talks here if they can get things, uh, you know, going on a little winning streak here. So we shall see. All right. So there's your injuries. We'll keep you up to date more leading up to kickoff. Of course, we'll be running them all down on Saturday over on Sirius XM Fantasy when we are in with Fantastics Insider Football. You're listening to the Fantastics Insider Football podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. James and I, we drop them weekly during the season here, and it's our chance to do all that. But right now, we're going to hit the waiver wire pretty quick here and take our first spin around the week 10 matchups. Waiver wire wise, James, I mean, Tank Dell remarkably still available in a lot of leagues uh, coming off that huge 20 plus fantasy points uh, day is third one of the season. Probably the top receiver play in leagues he's out there and everybody's talking about Keaton Mitchell, who has emerged here as a a viable option out of perhaps the best running game in football, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I think Mitchell's the guy I would be interested in. Um, there, I, I think Dell certainly has interest too. And I mean, if you go back to before the, before the draft, CJ Stroud or during the draft, CJ Stroud pretty much petitioned for tank Dell to be, to be a member of the Texans. So, um, I mean, there's certainly a connection there before either one even got it, got to Houston. So I'm with you right there. And I mean, Noah Brown, I think I'd rather have tank Dell than Noah Brown, even though, uh, both look good because, we do know still that there are other options and not every week is it going to look uh, as good or as plentiful. No, it is not. Uh, if both, uh, if Dell's out there, let's start with receiver. I mean, Jahan Dodson, another guy, uh, we've certainly seen him rise up here pretty quickly uh, of late. Uh, a lot of that's with Curtis Samuel banged up. So I don't know. Outside of McLaurin, I think all those guys are a little bit of a miss, but this is a high volume passing attack. So I think Dodson would rank pretty high. 
I would prefer Dell over him. What if it, you were choosing between Dotson, Smith and the Jigba, and Quinton Johnson? Three guys that could be out there in some leagues. Dotson, and I would like Dotson over Dell too, because I do think one, he's got a year under his belt. Um, and I do think there are fewer mouths to feed, even with Samuel around for Dotson. But I would take him over Quentin Johnson, who showed me nothing still, and Smith and Jigba, who could have frankly been a good surprise, considering he was the only receiver that did anything of value for the Seahawks this week. Uh, Smith and Jigba would be second um, to jo- uh, Jahan Dotson, Dotson still. Yeah. Quinn Johnson is on the rise, though. Warren's a look. He's third fiddle on that list. I'd have mm-hmm. him over guys like Noah Brown or. Yes. Uh, you know, I know Noah Brown had a big weekend in deep leagues. You can make a chance at him or Khalil Shakur, Jalen Tolbert. These guys, I mean, if you're in deep, deep, deeper leagues, but they're stashes, it's hard to put them in there. I you never, you of- almost never put those guys in there. I mean, they're guys that pop. I mean, if you want to make it to our uh, equivalent to our Bengals, like, would you ever put Trenton Irwin in? No, he had 10 catches in a game earlier, but these are guys that yeah, pop once these, in a while. These guys are probably closer to Tyler Boyd in some cases. Yeah, maybe. Shakur has seen an uptick. He, I think he's worth a pickup just to see it because Gabe Davis still stinks, right? I mean, Davis, yeah. I mean, clearly Shakir was ahead of Davis on, on Sunday night. In yeah, the last order. couple games. So uh, you're, he's harder to start. At running back, if we can't get our hands on Keaton Mitchell, who we both agree would be the top play, uh, I don't know where we're turning, James. It's pretty, I mean, Nowhere. Zach Jarbinet, he's not out there in most leagues. I mean, in shower leagues, he, he's in there, and I'd, I'd still prefer Mitchell over him. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it comes down to like, hey, did anybody cut Connor because they didn't know they didn't have an IR spot? Uh, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of players you're looking for. Did somebody get cut? Did Madison get cut? And now he's available. You want to go Antonio get him? Gibson is a guy that was cut in a lot of leagues. He had, uh, what, 10 touches last week? And yeah, he had a little uptick in there. So that could be another one of these guys that shouldn't have been cut that probably could have been cut based off his crappy play. But Gibson should have been cut, but he's worth a look if you're desperate. Yeah, I never cut him in my 14-team league. I wanted to. I just couldn't pick anything up. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but no, I mean, unless you, you know, Dante Foreman is a name right now that's interesting, James, because he might be getting cut in some leagues. He was, uh, when all three guys were playing before in the season, he wasn't even active. So I know that's just so curious. So some fantasy managers that are have cut bait and moved on with him thinking his time is done. I would say he's warranted to pick up. Let's see how it plays out. If somebody doesn't wait and wait on him and you've got the opportunity to do so because maybe you're through your bye weeks or whatever. Uh, I mean, I'd still, st- I wouldn't drop Foreman altogether if I didn't have to. Rashad Penny was finally active for the Eagles. <laughs> Stop. He was active. Yeah. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> Quarterbacks. I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm just saying. Quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, Will Levis, clearly the guy. The news today solidifies him. Mm-hmm. I think if he's still out there, he's not going to be after the waiver run. Agree. After him, though, I mean, Josh Dobbs, Josh Dobbs, Will Levis, they're both on your waiver wire. Who are you taking? Josh Dobbs, they're going to pass the ball way more. He has Hawkinson, Addison, potentially Jefferson coming back, hopefully Osborne returning. Will Levis, I mean, what is he has? He has Westbrook Ikine and Kyle Phillips. I know he has DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, but that's Hopkins. That's it. So I would rather have Josh Dobbs. And they're probably not out there, but Stroud and uh, Hal, if they were out there, I mean, those those two as well. Yeah, yeah. Hal's been picked up. I mean, Derek probably Carr so. is a name that's out there in some of these leagues. Uh, I'd probably think, rather have Will Levis than Derek Carr. Yeah, 
I think I'd rather have Levis than Dobbs. Dobbs is Dobbs That's is, fair. Everything he said about Dobbs is good, but I, I'll take Levis over him. Uh, and then a tight end. I mean, Taysom Hill, he should be picked up by now. It doesn't look like it's not going to be a thing here, James. I'm, I'm kicking myself in a couple of the leagues where I dropped him. I still have him on like three or four teams. Why didn't they give him a rushing touchdown? Passing, receiving, come on, get him the trifecta. Mm, I know, but he seems to be part of that offense. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know who's not? Jamal Williams. You can go ahead and cut him. I did, actually. Yeah, uh, my Sunday in, in a necessity. I didn't like it, but I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can't blame you. Kate Otten and Jake Ferguson. These are two tight ends on the rise. Ferguson, I think, would be more reliable. Like, Kate Otten had the two touchdowns, but those are going to be Mike Evans' balls a lot. Uh, so I think I'd rather have Ferguson. But they're both on the radar, and I have Kate Otten on two of my teams. So by no means am I suggesting that he's not worth a roster spot. Yeah, I would take uh, – I would definitely take Ferguson ahead of him, no doubt. And I might even take Johnny Smith ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Hunter Henry, not so much. He did score a touchdown, though. He's very tutty dependent. He's a best ball play. If you start two tight ends, he's a guy to roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luke Musgrave was dropped and picked up in some of those leagues, but, uh, you know, this is a time to – Is know, he the most reliable receiving option for the Packers, given the state of the tight Packers, end? Only because their Packers passing game sucks. Yeah, and the tight end, state of tight end, like you could you can stomach the no-show from Musgrave a lot easier than you can from Watson at this point. Yeah. Uh, we forgot to mention on the quarterbacks anything about Taylor Heineke and Tommy Tevito, but in Superflex, these guys are relative. Yeah, so here's the deal, man. I have already said it. If you had Ritter, you should have had Heineke. Uh, the only league I have Ritter that I didn't have Heineke, I had Minshew and uh, Baker. It's an Ardugood league, and I'm on fire in that league, by the way. Uh, you should have had these guys. Like, And I'm here to tell you right now, dude, we didn't talk much about Jalen Hurts, right, because we expect him to play. But if you're in a super flex league and you have room to be roster Mariota and you're not right now, by God, you're you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. Dude, I picked him up in my Scott Fishbowl, and I don't even have – but you know, it's like the only way I'm going to get my hands on a backup is to get him before they're the starter. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. that's one you should be handcuffing unless you just absolutely cannot roster backup quarterbacks in your league. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And Joshua Dobbs, I mean, here's a guy. I never cut him uh, in my Superflex Do Good Fantasy uh, Listener League, dude. Good for you. Yeah, and now it's like, I mean, this guy, time from joining a new team to playing in a game. The Titans, he it took him eight days. The Cardinals, 17. Just five days on the Vikings. Per NFL research, the only quarterback since 1950 to start for three different teams in one calendar year. Any idea who it is? Is it Baker? Baker Mayfield, who actually did it twice. Oh, he did it twice. Okay, well then I don't feel as good for getting it get it right. I only Dobbs is now in line to join him, dude. So <laughs> good for him, uh, cool. do- dude. Dobbs, if that doesn't prove to you uh, how intelligence can can be better than a big arm at quarterback, I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, fun stuff there. So uh, streamer defenses. Before we close the waiver wire, James, uh, mine is the Raiders. I kept them last week. I picked them up to start against the Giants, and the reason I chose them over the Falcons, the deciding factor, was because they also played the Jets this week. It looked like a two-week stream, so I'm riding them in a lot of leagues. I think the Jets, on the other side of that matchup, uh, could be worth a shot. Anybody else you got on your radar? 
Uh, you know, I mean, I, I was kind of holding on to the Lions coming out of the bye. I know they go to, to the Chargers, so that's not a great one. If they're out there, maybe you don't love it this week, but they've got a great schedule coming up. So it's not necessarily a streamer for this week, but it's one you can roll with. The Bengals, uh, they get the Texans coming in, and that defense is looking pretty good. They might have been dropped recently given their schedule. Um, that's what I'm going to give you. Good stuff there. All right, let's go over and take our first glance at that Week 10 slate and We'll start with the game on Thursday night, James, one that, uh, well, we're going to wait and see if Justin Fields, we talked about some of these Bears returning and optimistically assuming they do now. That's my assumption. Uh, the Bears currently a three and a half point favorite. The total's at 40. Carolina, they'll be without their top pass rusher. Brian Burns already been ruled out with a concussion and young quarterback Bryce Young is not had the fast start of some of his rookie counterparts here. So even though the Bears defense has had some holes playing at Soldier Field, could be a daunting task on the short week for the rookie. Should be. Uh, or it should. It probably will be. I'm looking forward to getting my eyes on this when it comes to that Carolina offense, man. I don't think you can trust the backfield, but I guess it's Hubbard still. Sanders showed some signs of life in his minimal work. Uh, Adam Thielen's the only player I think you can start for the Panthers at this point. I know he didn't lead them in uh, uh, receiving yards, but I think he still led them in receptions last week. I think now's the time to jump on the three and a half is what I think. I think Fields is coming back, and this is one of the games the Bears – I mean, I'm not sitting here trying to act like the Bears have it all figured out, but uh, the Panthers, this is a team that's very much trying to get some a bit of an identity, and I just don't think they're going to find it here. Soldier Field wins this game. Thursday night and Soldier Field wins this game. Yeah. Uh, in terms of just fantasy perspective, we're going to play the wait-and-see approach on this Bears backfield. DJ Moore, he's been in lineups with a backup. He takes about a five to seven spot uptick in the rise if, if Fields does return. Cole Komet probably drops a couple spots. I don't have a problem looking at Fields in a one QB league if I need him. He's a surefire starter in a super flex. James? Mm-hmm. The Panthers, where are you looking at from these guys from fantasy? Adam Thielen, that's it, man. If you go Chuba Hubbard if you have to, but Adam Thielen's the only thing I'm I'm trusting, and that's really a PPR play. Yeah, Miles Sanders, go ahead and cut him. Let's move on to Sunday Slate, our final 9.30 freaking a.m. kickoff of the season, the second of two Germany games, and we can go back to just good old school American football. But uh, Wunderbar. Minus one and a half is what it sits at right now. Indianapolis favorite Bill Belichick answering questions about his job. The Patriot way clearly dead between Josh McDaniel. I mean, I'm sorry. I'll give Belichick some credit. I have a lot of respect. But how much all these dudes rode Tom Brady's coattails is coming more abundantly clear by the minute. So... I just can't get on that. Bill Belichick is a great coach. I'm talking about Josh McDaniel, not Bill Belichick. Like I said, I respect Bill Belichick, but I think the Patriot way is dead. This team's garbage, and I think the Colts take it to him here, James. It's not a good team, uh, but God, dude, I'm not going to tell you that the Colts I know it's are your a great second team. favorite team, and this it's is it's not. Stop that nonsense! Stop that nonsense! I'm not getting involved in that right now. Uh, <laughs> we're not having that right now. Tom Brady um, was the Patriot way, dude. It's gone. It doesn't work when you're two and seven, and Mac Jones sucks. I mean, that's fair. But what I'm going to what I'm going to counter with is that I'm not sure the Colts are a great team either, and I don't know if Mac Jones is going to feed that defense the, the football like Bryce Young did against a crappy team last week. They're going to do it again. Yeah, because Bryce Young fed them the football. I mean, how many times? I don't. Mac Jones isn't going to hand the football the over three from times. Forty-one and a half to forty-three and a half. I think there's going to be some scoring here on the Patriots side. It's Ramondre time. He's back. Mm-hmm. You can lean on him. I'm fine throwing Demario Douglas in if I'm desperate for a wide receiver slash flex. 
Hunter Henry, if you're desperate for a TD tight end, he's your guy. Outside of that, James, nothing for me. What about the Colts? Uh, I think you play John Taylor. By the way, I do think the Colts probably win this game. I think you play Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I don't know if Minshew's a QB1. I'm going to turn to Pittman. I'll give Downs a pass. He was hurt last week, assuming he's active. I could still turn to him in this matchup. Moss, actually, I think is a, a fringe flex player, too, still. Uh, probably in this one. So I, I do like the Colts. To Going win. on to the one o'clock PM kickoffs. We got a dandy in Jacksonville with the Jaguars are taking on the 49ers fresh off a of bye, riding a three game losing streak. The Niners three point favorites here. The totals risen two points in the last two days. It's up to 46 and a half and Debo Samuel. He's back. Trent Williams. He's back. The 49ers are healthy. They're pissed. They're coming out of a bye, but can Trevor Lawrence and these Jaguars uh, give them a fourth straight loss, James? This is going to be a good one. What's your expectations of Jacksonville matched up against this tough Niners D? I think the Niners will win, so I think you're going to like Trevor Lawrence to have to throw the ball a bunch. Uh, so he's a back-end quarterback one in this matchup, given the injuries. Dude, ETN's in. I don't care what the matchup looks like. ETN's in every week. Now it's sorting out the receivers. Christian Kirk? Calvin Ridley, I'm not sure which one's the one, but I'll play them both. Zay Jones, uh, even if he is active, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm done with him for the for a while. And Ingram obviously is in too. So you're playing some Jags. I don't know that you're gonna, you're not loving the the ceiling. No, I'm with you completely there. Uh, on the 49ers side, I mean, I'm having no problems putting Purdy back in here. Uh, this game's gonna be high scoring. I don't think he's like a top five quarterback, but he's certainly fringe QB one. I think it is going to be a high-scoring game. Debo's back. Get him in your lineup. I'm not having to wait and see there. Ayuk and McCaffrey, they're in every week, as is Kittle. And I think that's the extent of it. So uh, the Titans and the Bucks, another one taking place in the Sunshine State. 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Tampa Bay, a one-point home favorite, coming off that heartbreaking loss in Houston. 38's the total here. And James, I mean... You got to give your kudos to. I mean, they lost last week, but offensively, the Bucks look like they're clicking. The Titans—they're a tougher defense they saw a week ago, but they will have home field on their side. And this one is Tampa Bay, an offense you can get behind again. Absolutely, Baker led the comeback. He took the lead with less than a minute to go. Baker did his job. I was impressed last week, uh, and I think you can turn to Baker as a back end QB one this week because the Titans, as our our guy Skeeter likes to say, they're a pass funnel on their defense. Baker's going to throw the ball, so that means you're playing Godwin, you're playing Evans. I think at this point you play Rashad White, but uh, I realized, like, I don't know that I love him this week against this defense, but he's kind of cemented himself as a, an RB2. Yeah, Henry and Hopkins, I think they're both in here. Hopkins, uh, with Levis back here, has that big play upside that he's lacked most of the season, so he can get back into my top 20. Mm-hmm. Levis in one QB leagues, I probably could do better, but certainly in super flex and a guy that should be picked up no matter the case. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. And nothing else on Tennessee. Spears is worth keeping, I guess, on your roster, but that's really about it. We got another one, James. I mean, somebody in the AFC North's going to have to lose it. We know for sure this because the Ra- <laughs> unless they tie, the yep. Ravens and the Browns play each other here. It's in Baltimore. The Ravens, a six point favorite. The total opened at 44s, dipped all the way down to 37 and a half. So the odds makers expecting a good old defensive battle. Cleveland, as I said, Watson looked okay last week. Amari Cooper came back. We know they've got a running game here. Can they get anything going on the road here against this Baltimore D, though? No. I mean, look what Baltimore did to Seattle. Look what they did to Detroit. 
two teams I get from the other conference that we both consider uh, dark horse front runners, if such a conundrum exists or a paradox exists. But you get the point. They've shut down two really good teams, and I think they'll do it again with Cleveland. I mean, I'll play Amari Cooper, and that is frankly it. I'm not interested in Jerome Ford. Uh, in this matchup, I mean, if you, some people may have to turn to him, Kareem Hunt too. I'm not interested in playing either. I'm not really interested in playing David Njoku, uh, but if I have to, I will. Amari I, Cooper, and that's it. Deshaun Watson, if you have to, I don't. I don't have trouble calling him a QB one this week too in this matchup. I know, I know. The Ravens have been impressive. They might be the best team in football right now. Certainly one of the clear front runners. Yep. Uh, in the AFC, Lamar Jackson, he's played an MVP season and he's managed to defy odds to stay healthy to this point. But it still hasn't led to big fantasy success here. And the part is, is Gus Edwards is taking all the damn touchdowns. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is a stud fantasy player, but he's disappointed more weeks than he has. And so I've, I'm giving him his props. It's just it's very frustrating for owners out there that are relying on big time games. Gus mm-hmm. Edwards right now is a top 20 running back off what everything I just said. Edwards is in for sure. Keaton Mitchell, pick him up on the waiver. Ride. Good luck sticking him in your lineup. I, I, they're not going to be playing the Seahawks and up 35 every week. So if, if Lamar and Edwards are taking the touchdowns, I mean, he's a between the 20s guy, and I think you're going to come up empty here. So I don't know, James. Receiver-wise, Zay Flowers, nobody's really talking about it, but he's seen a dip in production. Odell's getting more involved, not enough for fantasy-related, but enough to be a nuisance to Flowers. So I'm not playing any of the receivers. Uh, I know Bateman's seen a little bit, but it's it's really, it's Andrews, it's Edwards, it's Lamar, and that's it. I'm with you. Texans, Bengals. I'll let you have the fun of breaking down this Bengals offense. The line is dipping, though. It's dropped from 9.5 to 7, now to 6.5. The total is skyrocketed from 44.5 to 48, so... Texans getting some respect, and it looks like the betters, at least the early ones, think this game's going to have some offensive fireworks. Sure, and I mean, with the way Stroud looked, why wouldn't you think so? So the Bengals will have to do some offense. I mean, Burrow obviously in, Mixon obviously in. Uh, From there, Higgins in. Keep your eye on Jamar Chase. If he plays, you play him. Uh, We didn't talk about him in the waiver wire. He's probably owned on most, most spots, but Tyler Boyd, He's a guy who I've often I've often considered the last two years a handcuff to Chase or Higgins. Pick your poison if you have them. But this is a week where if something were to happen where Chase decides to sit out a week with his back or 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 not, you could play Boyd. I well, think he can play here, Boyd anyway. The Bengals are playing on a short week on Thursday against the Ravens in Baltimore. So that mm-hmm. could have a decision in Chase's back too, I think. Yeah, keep an eye on that. But Boyd, Boyd's probably in play anyway in this high total. Bengals did get some production out of their tight ends, which was nice. Not going to help any of them in fantasy, but certainly I think helps the offense move better. Mixing, Mm -hmm. definitely getting the volume. He's almost a lock for a touchdown when this offense is clicking like this. So I like that. On the other side, I mean, C.J. Stroud, he's worked his way into QB1 conversation. Yes, he has. uh, I do think that, you know, Lou Amarimo is going to have some tricks up his sleeve here. So uh, he is a rookie. Uh, it's going to be a raucous environment. He has struggled on the road, so don't expect last week's big numbers, but another solid day ahead nonetheless. I'll roll out Tank Dell and Nico Collins based off of that. Dalton Schultz is locked in as an every week starter, mm. but I'm not having anything to do with this backfield. Damian Pierce has been a bust. Singletary had it to himself last week, and it finishes RB40. Buzzkill City, man. Let's avoid that altogether. Let's go on to mm-hmm. the Vikings and the Saints in Minnesota. Josh Dobbs, can he keep the magic going here, James? The Saints currently a a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. The total's at 41. Your thoughts on the contest as a whole? 
I think he can keep the magic going. Uh, I can't wait to see it. I'm not going to tell you that I'm laying the two and a, or taking the two and a half and rolling, but I might. I'm going to think about it. I do think he can keep it going. I think you're going to play Addison. You're going to play Hawkinson. I don't know if Dobbs is a QB one, Dan, but he's a high end QB two. I mean, he's got those weapons, and I think I think this there's some points to be had in this game. And they lost Acres, so you're going to play Madison as a back end RB two, but I don't know that you trust that run game. So I think Dobbs is Dobbs is a decent R, a QB two play. Yeah, I can get behind that. Uh, on the Saints side, I mean, Kamara, I know it was a little disappointing. Oh, dude, he had four catches at halftime. Somehow I didn't get my four and a half reception. <laughs> That's so frustrating. Damn Taysom Hill. Taysom Hills. I mean, he's emerged himself in tight end leagues there, so he's in play. Olave, I know people are down on him, but he's still a weekly lock. Mike Thomas is the guy that had the donut last mm-hmm. week and could burn you here. I think the floor is as high as the ceiling there. But overall, I do think this is a, not just a good game, James. I think this is going to be a pivotal game, perhaps, in this NFC playoff picture. I agree with that. if the Bucs or the Falcons or any of these teams can put a little pressure on the Saints there in that division. Mm-hmm. Packers-Steelers. Total here is 39. The Steelers are a three-point home favorite. Your thoughts on them matched up against this Packers-D? Uh, you know, don't be surprised if it's low scoring. I don't, you know, Kenny Pickett's out of the realm at, at, at uh, QB. He's a back-end QB, too. Deontay Johnson, he's a start at wide receiver. Pickens, man, he's upset again. He's kind of use at your own risk. Outside of that, I'm not doing anything else in the passing game. I think Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are both RB2s right now, Dan. Yeah, on the Green Bay side, Jordan Love did come out of his shell a little bit last week around, and he is about middle of the quarterback rank, especially given all the crap at the position, but nothing to get excited about. You already talked about the disappointment of these receivers. Musgrave's the only one I can trust in the passing game. Yep. Christian Watson, I mean, and, and Dobbs, they have to play their way back in any lineups. I'll probably roster both still. Maybe Dobbs is droppable in shallower leagues, but I don't want anything to do with the backfield either. A.J. Dillon's always bored me, and Aaron Jones just hasn't done it yet. So uh, if I had to pick one, obviously it's Jones, but he's barely an RB2 flex play. So mm-hmm. uh, not a lot to like here. I'm with you, James. I like the under. I think I like the over, though, in the Falcons at the Cardinals game. The return of Kyler Murray. Falcons a one-point favorite here. The total's 42. Atlanta needs to get thing back to what works here. Let's get Bajan Robinson the football. You drafted this guy as a top-ten pick for a reason. They've got to pound the rock. Drake London hopefully returns here. And I think Heineke will perform a little bit better than we saw in that first week there. Uh, you know, with the foot under his belt. But, I mean, this Falcons offense is a mess. Arthur Smith, I'm starting to question the guy uh, in many ways here on his calling. <laughs> but Arizona is also crap, James. I mean, they're getting Murray back. Maybe James Conner can even come back. It looks like they're going to activate the window here. So there are some exciting things there, but uh, I don't think their defense is all that. No. Uh, in fact, no. I mean, Joe Burrow got going against this Arizona defense. So, you know, you like the passing game against him. There's not a lot that I like for Arizona. I mean, here's the deal. If Connor goes, sure, I guess you're playing him. Uh, if K- Kyler Murray goes, Hollywood Brown is back in the wide receiver starting condi- uh, conversation. And Trey McBride's back in the starting tight end conversation. But without Kyler Murray, who, by the way, I wouldn't start as a QB1. But without him, I wouldn't start either of those guys either. Fair enough. Let's move on to the Lions and Chargers. This one probably have a few more starters to talk about. The totals 48 and a half. The Lions, a two and a half point road favorite, a 405 Eastern kickoff, James. And coming out of the bye, I really love Jared Goff here. I know we don't like him on the road. This could be an exception. The Chargers over excelled on their defense on Monday night, but 
Lions are going to come out fresh here. Uh, we're hoping to see David Montgomery back. I anticipate he takes over that goal line role. Gibbs obviously does take down a tick. I think they're both top 20 plays, though. You're going to get him in the starting lineup. Laporta might be tight end one with Kelsey on a bye. And obviously, Amon Ross St. Brown is still his elite self. I'd like to see something else in this passing game get going, but until I do, I can't really endorse anything, as at least as a starter here. And, uh, you know, it's pretty similar over on the Chargers side. Yeah, it's look, Herbert's in, Eckler's in. You know you love either one of those guys. Keenan Allen, always in. From there, I mean, we talked about the the the, the injury to Palmer, the issues with Quentin Johnson, et cetera. You know you can't trust anything there going forward. So, I mean, it's like, it's like a high-powered offense, we thought, but not a lot of options. Oh, speaking of not a lot of options, the other 405 Eastern kick, the Giants at the Cowboys. Literally nothing to talk about on the Giants side. Barkley's the only guy we can endorse at this point. Uh, as a starting option on the Cowboys side, it's Lamb, it's Pollard, it's Dak, it's Jake Ferguson. Anything else getting into your lineup beyond the core four? I'm sorry, I said Brandon Cooks last week. Uh, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Yeah, there, no. Right. So the answer is no. There is nothing else. Yeah, and don't give me the Jalen Tolbert crap, please, please. I don't need any more of that. We we can put that in the Brandon Cooks conversation <laughs> right there next to the Michael Gallup conversation, if you'd like. The other uh, 4 o'clock kickoff, this one, 425, as was the Cowboys-Giants, by the way. Seahawks and the Commanders, James. This one definitely uh, opening some eyes in the, the books here as we've seen the over tick up now to 46 in some spots, 45.5, the predominant lineup from 44.5 to Seahawks, a six-point favorite here. It is a tough place to play in Seattle, but Sam Howe, this passing game, I think you can get behind him, McLaurin. I'm going to use them. We talked about Dotson on the rise. I do like him, especially if Samuel is out. And if Samuel's back, I think both those guys sort of take a seat, a little bit of more risk. Logan Thomas isn't sexy, but he has a nice high floor I like. And uh, I do think that Brian Robinson Jr. is still a top 20 running back, no matter what you say. So we're not cutting Antonio Gibson. I'm not starting him either, though. He's on my bench here, James. What about Seattle? I think you could turn back to Geno, right? No pass rush there for Washington. I think the Seahawks bounce back in a big way. So Geno's a fringe QB1, top 15 more like kind of guy. I'll go back to DK Metcalf. Um, you're going to go back to Kenneth Walker for sure, even though it was so bad last week. From there, I guess the question becomes where you go on JSN, you go on Lockett. I think you could take your chances with both. I don't know if we, I don't know if I have an answer for you though. I still think DK is the one. That's all I really think I know. Uh, JSN's time is coming sooner than later, though. No doubt about that. The Sunday night game, they opted not to flex out of it. It's the Jets, it's at Raiders. Uh, I probably won't be watching it, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a terrible game. Hopefully, uh... we got some Raiders. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, we didn't talk about him on the waiver wire pickup, but he's the starter here. Not very much to get excited about. I think his presence down ticks Devontae Adams from being a wide receiver one lock on my board. And Jacoby Myers, he's still in my top 30, but losing some luster quickly. Uh, it's Josh Jacobs, and it, that's what this is. The Jets aren't the best matchup there. He's still a top 15 play, but uh, I like the under 36 and a half here. The Jets mm -hmm. are one and a half point favorite. I think uh, I would stay away from that, and I might even take the Raiders on the money line because this game just is going to suck. Yeah, I think I think that last point is exactly right. Uh, you know, hopefully if you're if you're tuned in, hopefully you really want to see Brees Hall break one. Yeah. Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, nobody that's else. That's that. Cares. That's that. Yeah. So that's your Monday night or excuse me, your Sunday night game. On Monday night, 
Buffalo and Denver. I'm a little more optimistic. This one could have some fantasy points, at least in it. The total's 47, but the Bills are a seven and a half point favorite, but they're five and four, James, not the dominating Bills we've seen of the past. Denver coming out of the bye, put up some points, decent showing versus the Chiefs. I mean, can Russell Wilson and company at least put some fantasy points on the board in this one? Yeah, I think so, right? I think if you've got Javante, you'll play him. If you've got Russ, he's probably in that uh, Geno Smith kind of range, top 15 quarterback. I don't know if he's necessarily one, but I think you can turn to him. What are you doing in the passing game there? I mean, obviously, we know nobody moved in the uh, trade deadline. So Sutton, I don't know. I mean, Judy has had one good game this year, like – uh, that makes it hard for me to really trust Russ because I'm like, who am I going to in the game? I guess it's Cortland Sutton, but you don't feel – you're not in love with any of it. Yeah, Sutton's touchdown upside is just – I mean, he's he's a starting receiver. I mean, 12 teams. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not sexy, and I, I, I agree with you on what, Russ. I mean, the 33 carries that Javante had last game makes him a thing. Jameel McLaughlin, he's a handcuff. That's all he is. Uh, and not even a good one. So yeah, I know, right? He's on the like, Buffalo side, Josh Allen, this is I mean, these are the games the Bills win, right? They beat the crappy teams. I think they're gonna come out and take all their pissed off stuff from this last week and the week before and take it out on Denver. So this is Diggs and Allen game, if you ask me. But Patrick Sertain could shut down Diggs, so it's gonna maybe have to be somebody else. Dalton Kincaid's arrived as a top ten play every week, if not mm-hmm. top five play at tight end. Uh, so I'm liking that James cook. I mean, hasn't been great James, but I mean, he's still probably RB two range here. So we didn't, he's a ceilingless RB two. Yeah. We're not going to play Gabe Davis. We're not going to play Khalil Shakur. We're not going to roster Leonard Fournette. That's my take on the bills. I can get that. Any final words of wisdom, James, as we part ways with our podcast listeners before week 10's action. Uh, you know, just keep grinding, keep grinding. And like, look, we're getting to the near end of these FPC, KFFSC windows, right? Two to three weeks left in those. Uh, know where you sit. I know last week I went for a lot of upside plays and some teams that weren't good. I moved up the board a little bit with some upside plays. So know if you're playing for upside versus playing for the record, uh, with, the fantasy season at least halfway in the books, if not two-thirds in a lot of these leagues. Mm, that's depressing to think about. We're running out of time in this fantasy season, but that's all right. Lots of fun ahead, and definitely be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Keep up with us all season. You can catch us on Saturdays over on Fantastics Insider Football, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. And, of course, anytime at insiderfootball.com where you got all the tools to win. Be sure, as I said, check out my Veterans Day contest. We got the Do Good Fantasy Second Half Challenge. It's out. We've got some great prizes, thousands of dollars worth of subscriptions from the very best in fantasy. And you can also take home that belt that uh, Trophy Smack's putting up. More details on that on my ex at Dan Claskins and GetSportsInfo.com as well, my blog over there. But, James, uh, I'll talk to you on Saturday. And for all you rest of you, we'll talk to you next time right here on the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast.